Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly, okay? And I mean that this week more than others. This week I'm pumped up. This week is just, it's the week, you know? Biggest solo show of my life coming up tomorrow. So that's very exciting. Pumped up. Comedy store in Sydney. Best comedy club in the country. Sold out. Thanking the Harbour City. I'm filming it as well. So potential YouTube special type situation on the cards. Potential two-minute clips. Really depends on how the night goes. But really excited this week, guys. Just pumped up. I've got like grand final energy, you know? You know when like you're playing the grand final for your respective uh, sporting club on the Saturday and people are talking to you at work on the Wednesday being like, what do you think of this? And it's like, mate, I got tunnel vision, brother, okay? I don't want to hear about the new ink cartridges in the printer and the beautiful colors that we now have at our disposal. I got tunnel vision. That's how I feel about this week. Like on Monday, I was just like, what is the point of today? Also, that might have been due to some of the things I did on the previous Saturday, Um, but I was feeling like existential, you know? I was like, why can't it just be Thursday right now? I've got, if if Thursday's my grand final, I've had the footy boots on since Monday morning, and I'm just like, I'm like an overexcited kid at Christmas. I've just got the footy boots on like four days early. Mum's like, you got to go to school. I'm like, shut up. Shut up, mum. Okay. We're playing in the big dance this weekend. So I'm excited. It's going to be the end of my tour as well. The tools down energy post Thursday is going to be insane, dude. Insane. Because Melbourne, I did 11 shows. The tools down energy there was pretty aggressive. But then the following weekend, I just went to Perth. And then I've been gone every weekend since. So. That was Tools Down Energy, but like that was like Tools Down Energy if you bought it at Aldi. This Thursday, I'll be enjoying some beautiful Woolworth Select Tools Down Energy. And the best thing is, you know, as much as I love the Orange Army and I would I would follow them into battle anywhere, anytime, I don't even have to take a Jetstar flight to my gig this Thursday. It's walking distance from my house. This is unbelievable, dude. I'm going to be lacing up the converse, walking to the big dance this Thursday. I can't fucking wait. But anyway, let's crack into what will no doubt be an episode of this podcast. Not a lot happening this week on the podcast front. I don't want to I don't want to come out the gates negative. I don't want to say this episode's going to be mediocre. No one's saying that, okay? No one's saying that. But not a lot happening in the news this week, I'll say. Uh, We're very lucky uh, here at Get Around Me headquarters that it turns out that Paul Kent is a horrific human being, allegedly. Okay, so we'd like to quickly, just off the rip, give give a quick thank you uh, to the, the the moral high ground himself, Paul Kent, uh, for providing... Uh, what will make up a, a fair chunk of this podcast, I'd imagine. So thanking him and his uh, truly, truly, I was going to look for a really out there word, 
but I'm just going to say horrific. For his truly horrific alleged behavior, we thank him for filling out this pod because there's not a lot else happening in the news this week. But nevertheless, I'd like to begin this episode by talking about something that I am truly passionate about, and that is Subway, okay? Now, my new day job, I've been working down at the uh, Circular Quay here in Sydney. And obviously, Circular Quay, if you're not familiar, it's got the Harbour Bridge on one side, Opera House on the other. It looks like a fucking postcard, okay? And I was going to do a video, or sorry, a segment of the pod, top five favorite things about Sydney. Um, And here's the thing, mate. I could have easily done that video. I got five, more like top 50, what a city we live in. But here's the thing is the show already sold out ahead of time. And that whole top five favorite things about a city, that was a very thinly veiled marketing ploy, okay? Top five favorite things about Perth. You guys honestly think I give a fuck? No, that is just some of the more exquisite marketing we've ever seen. All right, Mark Zuckerberg called me up. He said, mate, what's going on? You, you love Perth this much? I said, Zuck, brother, wrap your head around this. That was just covert marketing. I feel nothing for Perth, okay? He said, mate, if you're on the Metaverse team, we wouldn't have lost upwards of $10 billion. And I appreciated those words coming from the Zuck himself. But nevertheless, so I've been working at one of Sydney's uh, favorite tourist destinations, And I've realized, mate, my first couple of days there, I was like, there's something off about the vibe here. I'm walking around Circular Quay, and I realized, firstly, that the thing is, I was like, why am I, I was just uncomfortable. There was like a layer of anxiety around. And and I was looking around at everyone, I realized the, the problem with being around working in Circular Quay is that you'll be there on your Monday, you know, maybe you've done a fair amount of gear with the lads in Adelaide. Now you're back at work on Monday and you're sort of, you know, your cones and rods are a bit mixed up due to some of the decisions you made Saturday night and you're whipping around. And it's because the feeling's off because everyone there is a tourist. So you're having this fucking weird Monday going, ah, Monday. And everyone else is there having like champagne brunches, taking photos. You know, and I don't know if you've ever been coming down at one of Sydney's most iconic tourist attractions, but personally for me, when I'm all out of dopamine because of I've done too many light narcotics with the lads the previous Saturday, one thing that doesn't help me get back on track is taking photos of Asian tourists, okay? That's just me personally. Me capturing one of your most joyous moments when I'm all out of serotonin, that's not something I enjoy doing. So... It's a weird vibe down there at Circular Quay. You just got Norwegian guys with like four different cameras strapped to their chest. You know, their, their eyes are popping out of their skull. They were all wearing... What's with Nordic travelers wearing hiking boots regardless of the need? You ever seen a Polish guy on holiday? He's got fucking bushwalking poles and those weird, those weird boots with 75 different types of laces. It's like, mate, you're in circular. You're at the opera house, brother, okay? There's no terrain anywhere near us right now. Unless you're going to jump into the into the harbour and do something real weird, you're at the opera house, okay? Put down the Mac Pack equipment and just calm down. So it's, it's a weird place to be. And here's the thing. I love Subway, okay? Coming back around on Subway here, I love subway i enjoy it so much 
One of the most reckless times in my life was when I was working at Westfield and I just said, I don't know, looking back, if I was doing really well or really poorly, but I remember I just said, fuck this, dude. Like, I'm so sick of working here. I'm just having Subway for lunch every day. Get out of my face, okay? I know it's poor. I know it's poor. And then when I, after COVID or after lockdown, got an office job, I remember I had Subway like two days in a row at this office job. And my friend Annika was like, do I need to call someone? Like, do I need to give you like an are you okay moment? Like, what's going on? Like, she was like, this is some of the most disgraceful behavior I've ever seen. And so, that was the end of that. And I appreciate uh, her action during that time. I might still be having Subway every day if it wasn't for Annika. So, like I said, I have Subway when I'm when I'm doing real well and when I'm doing real bad. RE, Mondays and Fridays. Usually, if I'm scattered on a Monday, I'll just go, fuck this dude. I need some Subway. And then on Friday, when I'm like, it's time for a treat, I'll go, fuck this dude. I need some Subway. Okay, so there's, you know, Subway's there, rain, hail or shine. And so... Coming around on this, I'm still coming around. I'm really taking the scenic route on what will no doubt be a mediocre subway segment. But so I'm scattered on on Monday this week. And here's the thing. This has been building because you got these tourists. Now, I don't know. I thought Subway was a global company. I don't know how far their reach goes. But dude, trying to order Subway at Circular Quay, it's all tourists. And like, it's an absolute zoo. They have no idea what's going on with the subway. On Monday, I'm there and I, I'm ravenous for a bit of subway. And I'm lined up behind like 12 guys or whatever. Anyway, I get to, there's like two guys, then there's a group of four in front of me. They're in the middle. They're ordering their, they're on the salad section, right? So then the lady goes to them, oh, what salads are you having? And she goes, oh, wait, you haven't even ordered your sub yet. These guys are at the end of the subway line, the subway ordering experience. They've lined up in the middle, okay? I've never seen this done before. They've just gone straight to the fucking jalapeno pickle section. These are the final accoutrements on your beautiful sub, you know? They've started there. So now, four blokes in the middle at the very end of the subway line have gone, oh, sorry, where do we order, right? She goes back at the start. Back, like, obviously, back at the start. So then they go, oh, okay. And they just walk back to the start and stand in front of me, these four blokes. And I'm all out of dopamine. And guess what, dude? I'm all out of patience, brother. Okay? I'm all out of fucking patience. I need a pizza sub in the next four minutes. So I'm going to jump into the fucking harbor, okay? I'm not doing well. <laughs> and then, so now I'm stuck behind these four guys and they don't know how to order Subway. And so they're like, they're asking questions that are like, it's just beyond beyond what this subway lady is equipped to deal with. You know, it's sandwiches, lads, okay? Subway sandwiches. Have you never had a fucking sandwich before? Switch on, you know? This poor, uh, this poor Indian lady at the subway, they're asking her questions that it's like, they're almost existential in nature. They're like, they're like, where do we start? She's like, you start with bread. And they're like, what is bread? Okay. It's like, if you if you can't even wrap your head around the concept of the bread, this is going to be such a, 
such a long process, dude. And it, it already makes sense because they were trying to start their order with pickles, okay? You don't begin a sandwich with pickles and build around it. I mean, there's the pickle has no structural integrity whatsoever. So this is like every step of the way I'm behind these blokes. They're like, okay, uh, um, uh, I'll get this bread. And she's like, do you want six inches or a foot long? And they're like, what is an inch? Like, and it's like, just get into some of the signs, lads, okay? And this was just the whole time, the whole time. Then they, then we go to pick the meat and it's just like, what is happening, dude? I was there for like 20 minutes, okay? 20 minutes it took me to order this sub. And it's like, God, I'm getting furious just thinking about it. Dude, watching tourists order Subway... It's unbelievable. I've seen some crazy orders down there. On Monday, the guy behind me, right? So I've got the absolute Pelican Patrol in front of me. You know, they're trying to order a Big Mac or some shit. I don't even know what they're doing. The guy behind me, he had tuna with lettuce and no sauce on white bread. Like, dude, just go to Woolies, brother. Just go to Woolies. And the Subway tuna, it's like not real tuna. It's like a tuna paste or something. I watched this guy have tuna paste on white bread with lettuce. No sauce. I think she said, do you want salt and pepper? And he said, it's too spicy. Like, you know what I mean? I saw another guy order ham the other day. Like, this subway is just the worst subway in Australia at Circular Quay. And these poor these poor Indian ladies who, who run it there, they do a good job. My gal's there, you know. They're in and they're out. They're, they're, it's high volume there. And they're dealing with some of the biggest pelicans I've ever seen. Dude, the other day... There's so many pelicans around. My standard order is I go, well, you know, I usually get a pizza sub. Maybe you get chicken and bacon ranch. But every time for for salad, I say everything except tomato. Okay. Now, I don't mind tomato now, but for years, it just didn't make sense to me. Like the texture. I just don't understand the texture. Are you soft or are you firm? Sometimes there's a crunch. You know, there's then you're bringing a lot of liquid to the sandwich. Here's the thing, I'm I'm past it now, okay? But it's like childhood trauma around tomato. Dude, the other day, I go, could I please get everything except tomato? This lady just immediately chucks on tomatoes and then goes, oh, sorry, did you not want tomato? I go, honestly, don't worry about it. Let's just keep it moving, okay? I just want to see all my boys get fed today. Like, this is just out of control, okay? So... I think what I'm trying to say is when you're at Subway, guys, let's have a little bit of a pep in our step, okay? What, know what you're ordering before you get there. If you're one of these people who get up to the front of the line and then go, okay, Subway, Subway, what are we... And then asking questions about like, you know, Google it before you arrive if it's going to be that much hassle. But anyway, I don't want to tee off about Subway for too long. I have a terrible habit of getting in the weeds with stuff that doesn't matter at all. And I want to save some time to tee off on Paul Kent at the end of this thing. But let's tell some yarns from the week that was. I've just been to Adelaide, the city of churches, okay? Great weekend in Adelaide. I really enjoyed it. I played the Rhino Room this time. Last time I played the Laugh Lounge, which was a great club as well. The thing with the Laugh Lounge where it fell down was no green room. Okay, once the show started, phenomenal show last year. I loved it, loved it, loved it. No green room. So you're just hanging out in a stairwell. It's not as chill. 
This time, the Rhino Room, great room, sick green room, okay? And I accidentally did like a rock and roll style arrival because I landed at like quarter to six. I thought the show was 8 p.m. Friday. I was hosting the Rhino Room Showcase Friday, doing my solo show Saturday. Now, turns out the show at the Rhino Room Friday was seven. I get out of the airport like quarter past six, like I'm Keith Richards or some shit. So I just went straight to the Rhino Room, roll in, hosted a great showcase there. Um, good, good Adelaide comics. Not met many Adelaide comedians. I think the scene's pretty small these days. I think destroyed by COVID, as they all were. And uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Had a few beers Friday night. Dude, woke up Saturday. This is how you know I'm on holiday, dude. I woke up Saturday. What did I have for breakfast? A barn me. Okay, I had a barn me for breakfast. You know, that's disrespectful, dude. That's how you know I'm on tour. When when my cuisine doesn't relate to the time of day, dude, I'll start my day with a fucking, I'll have pho for breakfast and bacon eggs for dinner. I'm on tour, okay? So, really great time. Dude, so, basically not a lot to report on the Saturday, just sort of milled around, um, went over my show a bit in the park. And then I was walking around the Arvo looking for a pub to watch the NRL in, which is uh, quite a tough ask if you're not in New South Wales or Queensland. And I found this one pub. Adelaide's so creepy to walk around in during the day. Outside of Rundle Mall, ghost town. No people around. Um, but it was a beautiful day in Adelaide. And the thing I like about Adelaide is if you're on foot, you're gravy. Okay, it's quite small. So you can sort of whip around town quite easily. And I roll into this pub, and this just rattled me a little bit. I walk into this pub to watch the NRL, and this 65-year-old guy comes up to me, maybe 70. Picture the oldest man you've ever seen in your life, but he's still in his 60s, you know, like a 65-year-old, but he's not doing well. He comes up to me, he goes, mate, are you a comedian? And I go, yeah. And he goes, I'm seeing your show tonight at the Rhino Room. And I go, oh, is that right? He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, are you any good? And I go, yeah, yeah, mate, I'm unbelievable. <laughs> no, I didn't say that, but I said, no, 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 yeah, I'm pretty good, mate. I said, hope you enjoy it. I'll see you there. And he said, mate, sounds good. And then I just went and sat and watched the footy and just was like, who the fuck is coming to my show tonight? What is going on? 65-year-olds? This And it just rattled me to the core. I thought, oh, no, did someone... Did someone post my show in like an over-60s group in Adelaide? What's happening, you know? So so then I thought, am I walking out to a room full of pensioners? I'm freaking the fuck out, dude. So, yeah. Anyway. Loose crowd in Adelaide. My run of beautiful, gentlemanly crowds is is over. I'll say that. Wow. I had had Rudy Lee Tarua open again in Adelaide. This guy's a gun, dude. Opens for Jim Jeffries. So funny to have a guy who op- who also opens for Jim Jeffries open for me. I mean, what a resume this young man has, okay? I Like Billy Darcy, Jim Jeffries. Like, how would you order that on the resume? Could go either way, depending on what circles you're in. But yeah, so I had Roods again. Dude, this guy, he's six foot five with a skull tattoo and an Adidas tracksuit, okay? So get out of my fucking face. I roll heavy in Adelaide. Heavy and deep, okay? So I send him out there. He crushes. He's unbelievable. I come out, dude. Rowdy, rowdy stuff in Adelaide. 
this one bloke in the front row was like banging on the stage and like just interrupting me constantly. A lot of hammered blokes in Adelaide. A lot of hammered blokes in Adelaide, which we love to see, okay? Beggars can't be choosers. And um, I feel privileged that anyone wants to come out and see my comedy styling. So good loose times in Adelaide. Fun show. Um, Headed out with the lads afterwards. The boys from last year who I went on that crazy circuit and missed my 11 a.m. flight, they came back out again. And they were packing heat. These blokes love drugs and I love them, okay? Great lads. And, you know, one of them had one of these THC pens. They're fun, those things. They're fun until they're not fun, those THC pens, because every time I hit one of those things, I always ask the person, how long shall I hit it? And they're always like, oh, maybe three, four seconds. And then it feels like a long time when you're hitting it. And you're like, oh, here we go. One hit of this, I'm going to be on the moon, but ended up being okay. And fun moment, we're walking past this nightclub. And there were like all these hot chick promoters out the front of this club. You know when clubs have like hot chicks that just sort of, I don't know, like they're like uh, hostesses or something. I'm not sure how you would describe them uh, in a way that's as respectful as you should be. And one of them was like, oh, we just saw our mate. He's a comedian. And she was like, oh, which one's the comedian? And they were like, it's him. And this like really hot blonde chick was like, go on then, give me a line. And I was like pretty high off this THC pen. I go, sorry, babe, I don't sell drugs. Ah, <laughs> few laughs. I said that one's for free. Take it. <laughs> so you know, a few laughs. Still switched on after the show. Sorry, lads, watch out. Hey, zingers coming from all directions. <laughs> and uh, yeah, really fun show. Went to this place called the Cumberland Hotel, the Cumbo, as it's affectionately known in Adelaide. Firstly, let's change that nickname almost immediately okay people were messaging me saying where are you going for beers i was replying saying the combo sounds like i'm inviting them around for an orgy or something i didn't like it okay i didn't like it at all so fix up that nickname but apart from that the combo don't change a thing wow what a venue this is this place has everything i like in that it's a pub there is a dance floor but then like the dance floor is just like it kind of feels like a house this place it's like it was a house, pretty much, that they turned into a pub. And it was like the, the dance floor area was just like it was like someone's bedroom. They just painted all white and put a DJ in there. I loved it, okay? And then there was a back beer garden area that was huge. It was basically like a sporty pub, but then there was just millions of hot chicks there. It was like it was like it had it was like the pub was one thing, but his clientele was another. You know, it was like, it was a pub, sports bar, beer garden place. But then it had the clientele of like a fucking really cool, like Eastern suburbs club almost. It was really cool. Like some of the most attractive women I've ever seen in my life. Okay. So great to see from Adelaide. Great to see um, the city of church is putting it on. And, uh, you know, Adelaide women will always have a place in my heart. Okay. So go off Adelaide gals and... Here's the thing, dude. So I roll in. This always happens after shows where I'm hanging out with people. Everyone's blasted after the shows. I've had one beer. I'm stone cold, okay? I've just put the tools down. People always think I'm also drunk for some reason, and I'm not. So then I I roll into the combo pretty high off this THC pen and otherwise stone cold sober, and I've rolled into a very aggressive environment. So then I'm like, all right, boys, a couple of elbow benders here. Let's get, let me get into my work a little bit. Okay, 
and it things escalated quite aggressively at the Cumberland Hotel. Shout out to my boys, TC, Dylan, Liam, probably forgetting a couple of names. In fact, I am. But my God, these are some great lads. They um they came out. A lot of free beers for me. I'll put my hand up. Um, appreciate everyone's everyone's energy. We had a great table going. And uh, dude, this is something I saw at the Cumberland Hotel that I've not seen anywhere else. And apparently this is a thing in Adelaide. So if you're from Adelaide and you want to fucking, you're like, what the hell? Like, don't fucking put this on my city. Mate, honestly, get in my inbox. Let me know, brother. Okay. But I'm telling you, I saw this in Adelaide and I was asking the Adelaide guys I was hanging with and they were like, yeah, dude, this happens. Women at the Cumberland Hotel were going into the men's bathroom and using it. Okay. Because the line was just so long at the women's bathroom that they were just coming into the men's bathroom and using ours. And it was fucking weird. So it was just like, and here's the thing, dude. The men's bathroom at the Cumberland Hotel was absolutely fucking disgusting. Like rancid, mate. Okay. Rancid stuff. So then you've got women in here as well. And like, you know, I don't want to speak out of school. Okay. I would never, ever judge another human being. Ever. Okay. I don't know your story. I don't know where you come from. I don't know what it took for you to get here today. Okay. For you to have two feet on the ground, whipping around town at the Cumberland Hotel. I don't know what adversity you have overcome to be here. And I would never, ever project any sort of judgment onto you. But I will say this, that of the women that were at the Cumberland Hotel, the ones that went into the men's bathroom were some of the raddiest. Okay. That's an observation. That's just a quick observation. Now, I'm not saying you're a ratty person. I'm saying that the women that were in the men's bathroom at the Cumberland Hotel were fucking rancid sesh gremlins, okay? And good on you, girls. Good on you, okay? But I'm telling you, like the the real hot, you know, the, the fake lip brigade weren't in the men's bathroom. I'll say that, okay? The real hot trendy chicks, they, they seem to be pretty willing to wait in line. And then it was sort of your rattier sort of seshier women maybe you know i i don't know how I'm trying to describe these women without just you know but the unattractive women were using the men's bathroom okay god bless them and it was just weird because it wasn't like get the fuck out of here but also it was a bit of that you know men the bathroom isn't we're not in there gabbing as much you know if you're not doing drugs you pretty much just take a piss and leave but it was a bit like, hey, get out of our space. There was a bit of that. And then also there was a bit of it where it was like, do you want to be in here? There's like, there was vomit just all over one of the cubicles, just all over one of the cubicles. It smelled disgusting, dude. And then it was like, I'm embarrassed that you're in here with us looking at this, you know? And then it was like, they were like heaps over the top being like, boys, 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 what's going on in here? And it's like, what do you think, babe? Okay, we're doing drugs and then shitting them out later. Okay, get the fuck out of the men's bathroom. Okay, get the fuck out. Okay, I cannot condone this behavior. All right, it, it's if it, like you know what I mean, because the men's bathroom was busy as well. There wasn't the biggest line, but you know there was a fair bit going on. So I got to say, Adelaide, and I came back and I was like, "What's going on in the women in the men's bathroom?" All the Adelaide lads were like, "Yeah, this happens. Chicks do this all the time here." So. Honestly, on one hand, I think fair play to the Adelaide gals. If you, I mean, if you want to fucking walk through that, because the men's bathroom was so disgusting. But then also, I mean, the men's bathroom has to be a haven for my boys. It has to be a haven for lads 
to, you know, talk behind closed doors, get stuff off their chest, you know? We're having mental health chats in there, ladies, okay? We're checking in. We're checking out, okay? We're bloody, we're doing all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, not sure about that, Adelaide, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's a cultural thing. I've never seen it before. God bless, okay? God bless. And then, you know, and then we just, long story short, got on it with the lads. Um, we left our run a bit late with said women. I'll say that. I think we started talking to birds at about 1 a.m. And my God, did we strike out with a few groups, okay? Jesus Christ, we ran poorly. <laughs> By the time we started talking to women, we were we were three, three doors down around the corner. You know what I mean? Like we were in another location spiritually. So unfortunately, me and the lads didn't run too well. Um, but yeah, massive night out, massive night out. And I, w- I woke up, three hours sleep, got on my plane for Mother's Day lunch back in Sydney. And it was one of the great sessions. So thank you to the boys in Adelaide and thank you um, to the gals um, for just getting it done, no matter what stood in their way. It was impressive stuff, Adelaide. This podcast is brought to you by our mates at Manscaped, calling all men. It's time to mind your manholes with Manscaped. Everyone's aware by now that nose hairs are a major turnoff. That's why Manscaped upgraded to their brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. With improved blades and motor, you can feel the power of nasty nose hair annihilation in the palm of your hands. This improved Weed Whacker can now be found in their Performance Package 4.0 for no additional cost, lads. Save money and attack your nose and ear hairs by going to manscaped.com and using code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, to get 20% off and free shipping. I've been using the new Weed Whacker 2.0 since they sent it to me. It is a marked improvement on the last one, which was sick anyway. Once you get rid of your nose hair, you, you won't go back. Like, what a ridiculous thing to have nose hair in 2023. You know what I mean? Are you a racist old man from the 70s? That's the only reason you should have any sort of nose hair whatsoever is if you were born in 1915. So sort it out. Our friends over at Manscaped are helping you enjoy spring's fresh air by using the Weed Whacker 2.0 on all your face hole hair. We love the Weed Whacker 1.0, but this thing is an absolute upgrade. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer uses a powerful 7,000 RPM motor with an improved steel blade system that upgrades the cutting performance from their first generation to better whack your weeds. Plus, this nose and ear trimmer comes with skin safe, te- skin safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. It's also cordless, rechargeable, and has a battery with up to 45 minutes of runtime. All of this is included in the Performance Package 4.0, so no matter what kit you pick, you will receive the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer. Let's face it, long nose hair is a major turnoff, so let Manscaped be part of your daily grooming routine to ensure no hair is ever out of place. So save 20% and free shipping with the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY at manscaped.com. From below to up top, get the best grooming at Manscaped Shop. Okay, so up next, next morning I flew back to Sydney at like 7 a.m. Dude, you ever get one of these guys on the plane where the guy next to me on the plane, right? What is with this? With like, 
like sort of piece of shit guys or whatever or like guys with like face tattoos and stuff they're like so emotional their, their lives are so dramatic like i'm sitting next to this guy like face tattoos knuckle tattoos like the whole deal and he's just screaming into his phone at like 8 a.m like bro this bitch was so rancid like she just fucking lied to me bro like who does this bitch think she is like just having this sort of a conversation at like full ball on a Jetstar flight at 7am. And it's like, dude, just calm down. Like, this is such a weird conversation to have in a public place, you know? Just calm down. And like, thank God the, f- the flight took off. It was the only thing that stopped him. And it's like, just repeating himself over and over again. Like, oh, this, this rancid bitch. This rancid bitch, bro. Like, just putrid, bro. Just putrid, bro. And it's like, dude, you you sound like you're on Bold and the Beautiful right now. How are you being so dramatic? Like, I would love to have asked him, how long did you date this woman? I guarantee it would have been like six weeks, dude. Dude, the harder a bloke looks, the more dramatic their love life is. It's embarrassing. Blokes with face tattoos, like, fuck each other's girlfriends and stuff and then cry about it. It's like, it's like, bro, like, she just looked at me and like, I couldn't resist, bro. She's a temptress, bro. Like, dude, I'm telling you, the harder a bloke looks, the more dramatic his personal life is. It's fucking embarrassing, dude. Uh, so I'm literally just like, you know, up to my up to my ears in gear from the night before, freaking the fuck out. I had to blaze one before I got in my Uber just to like steady the ship a bit. And I'm just like high coming down on this Jetstar flight at 7.30 a.m. Listening to this guy with a face tattoo that says like nothing but respect. Just talk about this quote-unquote rancid bitch on a Jetstar flight. And I was like, dude, I need my career to go better than this. Like, I can't be doing this on a Sunday morning, you know? i got to fly Virgin next year. Like, this is too much, okay? So off the back of that, I'd like to tell you about three love stories I saw in the news this week. And perhaps we can learn something from each of them. So we can avoid, you know, getting twisted by these rancid bitches, quote-unquote. Okay. Firstly, I saw this guy. This poor guy got arrested for putting a rose on Sophie Monk's front door uh, over the weekend because he thought he was in a relationship with her. This poor guy, right, rocked up at her house to give her a rose. Um, A neighbor called the police because he was like milling around the outside of the house, being heaps weird. And he got arrested for stalking her. And what happened was he had been scammed by like a fake account for like four months. He thought he was full-blown dating Sophie Monk, the poor bloke, okay? And here's the thing is, I think with this sort of stuff, it's funny until it's not. Because this guy was like, he's like 50. He's a father of two. So you're thinking, mate, how could you possibly think you were dating Sophie Monk, all right? You know, it's kind of almost pathetic. But at the same time, I feel like these scammers, dude, You, there's got to be a cutoff for these scams. Like, you shouldn't be able to scam someone online if they're over the age of 35. Just leave them alone. You know, they're flat out turning their computer on full stop, okay? And here's the thing. To be fair to this bloke, I think all of us, in one way or another, have thought we were in a relationship with Sophie Monk at some point in time, okay? She's a very alluring woman. Sophie Monk, she's on the telly all the time. She was on the, she was the Bachelorette, I should say. 
You know, she's so goddamn down to earth. We've all thought either we were dating Sophie Monk or we could possibly end up dating Sophie Monk at one point. But you can't let those thoughts in, brother, okay? I remember when Sophie Monk was hosting Beauty and the Geek and she was so charming and off the cuff and she just treated the geeks with respect. And I thought, damn it, if I was at like a radio function and I ran into Sophie, I reckon we'd get on like a house on fire, okay? But you can't let those thoughts in, brother, okay? As much as we want to, as much as we we might think we are, none of us are dating Sophie Monk, okay? And it's 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 hard to it's a hard truth. <laughs> it's a hard, hard truth, but we are not dating Sophie Monk. And this poor guy, dude, he got scammed by this person. Apparently, uh, after he had been repeatedly commenting on Sophie Monk's Instagram, which, you know, 50-year-old white guy co- commenting on Sophie Monk's Insta. I think we can we can imagine that the comments were of a sexual nature. You know these guys, and it's just really the most. Uh, I'm I'm struggling to tee off on this bloke because he's probably mentally ill. But you know you see these middle aged blokes in their fifties, and they're just commenting on like hot chicks Instagrams, like "very beautiful babe, would love to be by the pool with you right now," and it's like, oh god, this is just, you know. This is so weird. This is so, so weird. I love it. My favorite one is um, I love it when guys are commenting like really either sexual stuff or like misogynistic stuff on Insta being like, oh yeah, like you're a fucking whore. Like you think this is cool or whatever or or like, yeah, like you're so, you're so hot. I'd lo- like, you know, love hot eyes and stuff. And then you click on their profile and it says like, it says like um, dad first like human second, like my two daughters and my everything. And it's like, whoa, whoa, okay. But this poor guy, dude. So he was obviously commenting some stuff on on Soph's Insta. I'd imagine it was like, you know, you're the best, babe, love you. Respond to my DMs, you know. Like, oh my God, stunning, like this sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> and so then obviously he's got, a, he's got a, a DM from, you know, Sophie Monk with two Ks and he thought, oi, oi. What's all this then? Look who's come to her senses. And apparently she said like, you know, he, he she can't use her real account because her manager watches it and like, and then so he's like in a relationship with this, with Sophie Monk, quote unquote, for like four months, sent her $7,000 and also signed like a marriage certificate, sent her his passport details and stuff. And here's the thing is, this is one of the great scams, okay? But the guy's 50, you know? Like, 50-year-old people, they don't understand that on the internet, some stuff isn't real. That's, like, the whole reason the Daily Mail is alive because they're, like, um, they'll just do a headline, like, something like Prince Harry swore he would never, ever do this, but look now. And 50-year-olds are like, what? He swore he wouldn't ever do it, but now he has? Or it's like, it's like, Uh, Prince Kate involved in horror car crash incident with the Queen. It's like, what? Prince Kate and the Queen in a car? And it's like, they just can't wrap their head around the fact that some stuff on the internet may be misleading. So if you want to scam like 50-year-olds, like people taking money off mums and stuff, it's like like people welching on two-up bets on Anzac Day. It's like, you're just 
this is just low behavior, dude. But this poor guy, he said, he said when the police surrounded him outside Sophie Bug's house, he said he was shocked. <laughs> he legitimately thought he was dating her. He had no idea why he was getting arrested. And he said when they explained that he was, in fact, not in a relationship with Sophie Monk, that he was, he felt very embarrassed and he felt like an idiot. So that's what I think, oh, this poor guy, you know, this poor guy. So the lesson there is do not, <laughs> the lesson there, guys, is that and once again, hey, we've all got our hands up, okay? You know, I'm, I'm in the trenches just like you that no matter how much you think you're dating Sophie Monk, this is just a timely reminder that you, me, or anyone else outside of her husband is not dating Sophie Monk, no matter how much we wish we were, okay? Next love story, Bo Burnham and Phoebe Bridges are in a relationship in very exciting news. And I love this because this is another win for comedians, okay? Bo Burnham, you know, old comedian, very cool Bo Burnham, you know, very, you know, his latest comedy special was a massive hit with indie people everywhere. It was very good. I loved it as well. Um, I'm wearing a bucket hat and a secondhand sports jacket, so I'm not sure how indie that makes me, but I'm definitely on the spectrum. And this is a win for comedians everywhere, okay? If pale skinny guys continue to become cool, I mean, I could have a huge 2023 here, guys. You know, this could be this could be it for me. Um, I really need someone with freckles and no tattoos to get over the line. You know, the problem with me is I've got I've got the personality of like a tradie and then like the body of a nerd. You know, whereas you really what's cool is to be a ripped nerd. But I'm a skinny lad. So you've got to swap those around. So it's exciting stuff for the comedian sphere. We've had another one of the lads get over the line uh, with an extremely attractive, extremely relevant woman. Okay. And here's the thing, dude. It's one thing to have an attractive girlfriend. To have an attractive, relevant girlfriend, that's the holy grail. Okay. That is the holy grail. So love this for Bo. They were outed by Keith Urban. Okay. Keith Urban took a video of him and of himself at like a Taylor Swift concert. And Bo Burnham was just macking on with Phoebe Bridges behind him. Okay. I love that for Bo Burnham. Dude, if you're with your with your girl at a Taylor Swift concert. And you don't at least three, maybe four times, just start passionately making out with her. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Okay? What the fuck are you doing? All right? At least three times. At least three times, you just got to grab your girl during a Taylor Swift concert and just look her in the eye and just say, I love you. Okay? And then Taylor's playing. Like, honestly, what the hell are you doing if you don't do that? Okay? So... I love Keith Urban as well. Whenever you see Keith Urban on like social media and stuff, he's like a puppy dog, dude. He's always just having the best time. Just what a legend. Does Keith Urban get the credit for just... If he if it came out that he was a piece of shit, I'd be rattled, dude. And I'm not like massively into Keith Urban's music. I know a couple of the hits, but if he came to town, I wouldn't see him. But would I have a beer with Keith Urban? Dude, six times a week and twice on Sunday. A hundred percent I would. Okay, so I love that dude, and I love another comedian getting over the fence. I just want it to become cool to date stand-up comedians because it's not. I don't think it's cool to do stand-up, but maybe it could be cool to date one. You know, 
It's it, it'd be unreal because stand up's kind of like a subculture in Australia. It's not really relevant, but maybe it could become like a bit of an indie thing. I think it could be very cool. You know, if Tommy Little starts dating like Kerry Bickmore, then honestly, I believe the door opens for me to date Haley Razzo. Okay, that's I firmly believe we are one Australian comedian dating an Australian celebrity away from me dating Haley Razzo. Okay, like that's how close we are, team. So it's very exciting. Then finally, the last love story I'd like to talk about, UFC star, star's a strong word, UFC fighter Tim Elliott uh, posted a photo on Twitter of him and his wife giving each other their vows and his best man uh, forgot the bloke's name holding the microphone. And he said, look at this, my best friend and my best man holding the microphone for my wife while she gives her vows. Turns out they were fucking each other the whole time. They had sex on their wedding night as well. And the whole time during their marriage, they were having sex with each other. His best friend betrayed him like that, okay? And then now um, his wife since left him for the best friend. So tough pill. Tough pill for Tim Elliott, okay? Um, didn't he, I got to say, it's a, it's a red flag if your wife doesn't. He said his wife didn't stay with him on their wedding night because she wanted to catch up with some friends and family from out of town and he had to take his daughter um, back to the accommodation. So turns out she's actually nipped over and, you know, been boot scooting the best friend in a pretty appalling uh, betrayal. But I don't know, dude. Not a lot to say on this last one apart from how do you not see this coming? Like how do you not, how do you marry someone who on your wedding night is rooting your best friend and you're just at home sleeping by yourself in your bed going, <laughs> great day, <laughs> great wedding night. What Wonder what, what the old cheese and kiss is up to. Ah, wouldn't worry about it. What a gal, you know, <laughs> like I don't know how these people don't see this coming and, you know, feel free to play this, play this back if I get similar treatment from my bird down the line. But I don't know. I don't know how you could not see this coming. It seems pretty obvious and honestly how do you bounce back from this okay if my wife was sleeping with my best friend on my wedding night i mean i don't know i don't know what you'd do i truly have no idea what you do so three very different love stories there um i think we can learn something from each of them you know firstly don't don't fall in love online that's just a great rule okay Make sure you meet them in real life. Secondly, date a stand-up comedian. Okay, gals? Date a stand-up comedian. Thirdly, if your missus isn't staying with you on your wedding night, she is fucking a low-level UFC fighter. Okay? So we can learn something from each of those instances. And good luck out there, team. Okay? It's fucking wild on these streets. I'll tell you that. Okay, just to finish up here, I'd like to talk about Paul Kent. If you're from a non-NRL state, I guess I should give some background on Paul Kent. So this bloke, he's on NRL 360, a popular NRL sort of journalism program where they just sort of trash people. One of the guys on the program is legitimately 91 years old, okay? And basically, Paul Kent is the bloke who's always hassling players, um, you know, for everything under the sun, celebrating too aggressively, uh, you know, being too arrogant, talking shit in the media, really anything and everything. And it came out on Friday that Paul Kent was arrested for allegedly assaulting and choking a woman, okay, which is obviously 
what he's done isn't funny. What's happened, like fr- looking back, if you just step back from a bit, hilarious. Okay, it's funny in that it's like if like imagine like you know how there's the person in your office who's always like hassling you for not cleaning up your mug or something like that, or like you know the person in your office who's like, oh Billy, I noticed you uh, came in at nine o three, but you put on your timesheet nine a.m. I fixed that up for you. Just please don't lie on your timesheet. You know that person? The person who's always having a go at you for really insignificant stuff, being really nosy. Imagine if one day you walked into your office and you found out the nosy person who's always following the rules um, actually had been arrested for domestic violence. It's, it's kind of like that, okay? So, yeah. This is crazy in that pot calling the kettle black. Why is it the people who are always the most holier than thou end up doing the weirdest shit behind closed doors. It's bizarre, dude. It always happens. And it's like he had to go at Jerome Luai because he thought Jerome Luai was celebrating too arrogantly. You know, stuff like this. It's like, oh, he's like, I didn't like the tone of those celebrations. That's the sort of stuff Paul Kent says regularly. Uh, always having to go at the players. Again, I... I hate that okay and i'm not the biggest nrl fan but i hate when the media just bash the players for the sake of for the sake of clicks and views okay and that's the problem with the media is there's no barometer for these off-field incidents because they're just their allegiance is to clicks and views they have no allegiance to uh virtue or you know any sort of ethical base from which to work from they're just purely going for the clicks so you know, when a, when a player stuffs up or a player makes a mistake, like, you know, the Kalen Ponger incident with him doing cocaine in the bathroom, you know, obviously he shouldn't have been doing it. But does it need to be covered for two weeks straight by these absolute vultures as they hold on to, uh, you know, the story for dear life just to make themselves and their publications relevant? It's absolutely disgraceful behavior. They're only loyal to the clicks. But then, dun, 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 when one of their own does it, we don't hear about it. Okay, this Paul Kent thing has completely been thrown under the rug. Complete silence from the media. NRL 360 did not address it in any way, shape, or form on Monday. And it's like, just have a bit of consistency, you pieces of shit, okay? And it's just the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy of this is absolutely crazy. You know, these journos say they tell it like it is, but. Telling it like it is, that doesn't count if you only do that when it suits you, okay? This agenda-driven, click-based journalism is fine, but it's like, come on, lads, you've got to be consistent. Like, for them to smash players for these minor indiscretions, and then one of their own literally gets done up on domestic violence, alleged domestic violence, they would be, they would have done... If this was Jerome Luai, they would have done a two-hour extended special on NRL 360. But one of their own does it, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, nothing to see here, lads. Like, come on, dude. Come on. Anyway, I don't even really want to talk about this because it's not that funny, and this is a comedy podcast, and this is just kind of pissed me off. But the thing with the media is, like, they're just so... They're their own entity and they they just pick and choose when it suits them. And you're at the mercy of the news cycle as well. Like you might have a player who gets done for doing cocaine 
and there's nothing really else happening in the news cycle that week, okay? So that guy will get smashed from pillar to post as they drag him through the mud, desperately trying to get as many clicks and views as they can. And then the following week, one of their own will do something so horrific that blows anything else out of the water and they don't mention it because it doesn't suit them. And it's like, dude, whatever, you know, what the fuck ever. And I'll just leave that there because I couldn't really think of anything funny while I was talking about that. So just to end up here, the project for this week, the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. And I got a lot of uh, nice messages about last week's segment on the music industry. So I appreciate that. Again, go out and support as much Aussie music as you can. This week, I'd like to mention an Australian comedian who I saw on Sunday night. Dude, this guy, John Cruikshank, he's like the underground king of Australian stand-up comedy. And he is unbelievable, dude. I saw his solo show on, on Sunday night at the Sydney Comedy Festival. So funny. He's an absolute... I don't even know sort of how to describe his stand-up. It's very... I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's very stand-up. It's very joke, joke, joke. But um, he's definitely got his own thing going on, the shank. And he's got his own cadences and rhythms and his own way of doing things. And it's very Australiana at times. He's got this hilarious story about the Bra Boys when he was an apprentice. And I just love it. He closes the show on it and I'm literally just in tears, dude. And like, I don't want to give away any of his material, but go check him out on YouTube. He's got a couple of specials on YouTube. One of them's called Weed Cunt. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking funny. He's got a fantastic uh, comedy pilot called Redfern Electrical, which is like the funniest thing on YouTube. It's so funny, dude. Um, yeah. I don't know how to describe people's comedy or their music and stuff. It's kind of weird, but uh, just go check him out. John Crookshank, The Johns on Instagram, Redfern Electrical on Instagram. Check out Redfern Electrical and his stand-up specials on YouTube. So funny, dude. Just unbelievable. Tours the country each year. He's got a encore show at the Sydney Comedy Festival coming up in a week or two. And yeah, dude, it might be this weekend even. He sold out like nine shows at the Sydney Comedy Festival with like no marketing. Just an underground king, just getting it done because he's an absolute gun. So go check out The Shank and uh, go check out uh, some Australian comedy as music as per, guys. That is the episode for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Rowan coming up next, doing my big comedy store show this Thursday and I'm filming it, pumped up. Thanks for listening, dude. All right, legends, welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. Joining me, as always, Sydney City's very own Rowan Arneal. Thank you very much. Mate, pretty good intro this week. Pretty good. First time's the charm. Well, mate, we're playing Sydney this week, so that's why I thought big ups. Big ups, yeah. We're always repping Sydney City. Sydney City, dude. Um, mate... We're living together. It's all it's all good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd like to say thank you for the outpouring of messages I got from people that had definitely also put their card details into a fake OnlyFans. <laughs> Mate, it's all love and support from people, mainly four men. But um, good on you guys. I'm, I hope you didn't lose more than eight dollars like I did. But um, thank you very much. Anyone can do it. That's the thing. Anyone, anyone, me, your grandma, <laughs> anyone can be tricked. 
Well, mate, is it a... And here's the thing is, is it a crime to have an open heart? Mate, hard hand, soft heart. That's all I am, mate. 100%. There's no calluses on this heart. And sometimes you're like, what does $8 mean to me? What the hell does $8 mean? What does mean $8 to me? mean to me? Because the upside is some of the more aggressive JPEGs <laughs> we've ever seen. <laughs> no one's home. I'm on a couch. I just... Wait, also $8 for an OnlyFans scam? That's a good amount. You can see how a man like myself... Because you're almost going... At $8, I'm almost willing to get scammed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the upside is so fucking high. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But, dude, OnlyFans... I mean, I don't want to get back into OnlyFans yeah, off yeah. the rip. We can't. We can't. But dude, just a thank you. A but, thank you for the love and support I received. Just normalizing a small post-Christmas slip-up. Yeah. Normalize getting tricked... On the internet, <laughs> in pursuit of some racy JPEGs. Yeah, normalize it, mate. Did you know the girl whose OnlyFans you subscribe to? No. Or the fake one? No. Okay. No, just a, just a fan of her work. Just a fan of her work from a distance? Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't even want to get back into it, but I could <laughs> I could talk about it all day, every day. <laughs> There's something... Dude, OnlyFans is fucking genius because it's like, you can see any chick on the planet naked right now. It's like, yeah... But I haven't seen that chick. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Not this particular one. She's not in anything. Yeah, yeah. It's dude. That just goes to show that like sex is an endless portal. Like <laughs> unlimited HD porn for free every day of every second. And yet chicks are selling just pictures. <laughs> Some of them don't even get their nipples out. I know. Those are the and best ones. And they're millionaires. <laughs> yeah. And guys are just paid like 45 bucks a month just going, this might be the month we see a nip. Mm. Just And the, the money's coming in. It's unbelievable. It is. It is impressive. Big ups to my boys who get scammed out there. But also big ups to my gals running the city. Yeah. Much, much bigger ups. Much bigger ups. And much bigger ups to the South Asian man that definitely scammed me. Yeah, I mean- Big ups to him as well. Man-on-man crime for sure. 100%, dude. Um, Well, Ron, like I said, mate, we're living together. And I'd like to just... There's a complaint coming, is there? It's not a complaint. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a grievance. A grievance, yeah. Okay. There's no HR department in this house. Um, Although if it was, it definitely would not be either of us. I think I could be the HR department. I'm a beautiful middleman. Yeah, but that's only because... Actually, you could be a great HR department because you truly... You can cut yourself off from a situation. <laughs> you can see things objectively. Thank you. I couldn't do that. I, I get too fired up for my boys. <laughs> Dude, I was hosting in Adelaide on Friday night and like the crowd was like kind of small and like within seven seconds, I just looked at the lineup of Adelaide comedians I've never met before in my life and I just thought I would spill blood for these cunts. <laughs> Yeah, well, a lot of MCs in their time haven't spilt blood for us. So yeah. <laughs> we feel, we feel like, come on, mate, do your fucking time. One of the the bloke on first was like, "Oh, is there only like twenty people out there?" I was like, "Don't you worry about this, mate. Bill's going to sort this out for you." Okay, <laughs> we're in this together. But mate, speaking of uh, HR grievances, etc., I'd like to raise one. Mm. And here's the thing, mate. I am willing to let something go once, but it's the it's multiple offences where. Now that we live together, you appear to be sort of... I don't know how it's even happening. It's happening so fucking quickly that when I bomb, the whole house knows about it. (laughs) The other night, I barely stepped a foot in this house after... It it was the Wednesday bomb. I spoke about it on the solo pod because I ran in to this absolute pelican on the trip home and I spoke about it. I swear to God, my foot had not hit 
the floorboards of this house and Imogen goes, hey, Billy, heard you bombed really hard tonight. <laughs> and I literally walked straight from the bomb to the train station to our house. Maybe a seven-minute journey. How quickly are you getting this information out? You weren't even on the gig. Well, people just... Well, Imogen did ask me, Rowan, why are you smiling so much? (laughs) (laughs) And I I was trying to breathe firstly. Obviously, I had to work out how to breathe again. And I said, oh, it's just a... Billy had a horrific gig <laughs> and is now on the train and nothing really brings me more joy than, my, than I know I know the face that Billy makes on stage when the light just kind of goes out of his eyes and he just looks at crowd members like you don't deserve anything <laughs> I need so little from these crowds <laughs> I, La- don't, I don't have a high bar last night was pretty good though Last night? Oh, yeah, last night. So, this is the second offence. Yeah, the second offence. Okay, this one is even more great. So, the first one, (laughs) honestly, the first one, I'm thinking, wow, this guy's communication skills are out of this world. (laughs) I swear Imogen knew I bombed before I'd finished bombing. I just love This guy's like live tweeting my bomb to the apartment. I love how serious people that don't stand up take a bomb as well. They're like, oh. No, because that's the thing. So, Imogen was like, is everything okay? And it was like, honestly, it's not okay now. (laughs) It's so much worse now. Like, don't don't acknowledge it. It's like, Mm. you know, it's like when your house is maybe haunted. Mm. Just pretend it's not. (laughs) But anyway, so then, you know when someone, something isn't a big deal, but then someone shows concern. I know. And then it makes it more of a deal. Mm. Like, like maybe like you go on like four dates with a girl and it doesn't work out. And you think, oh, who cares? Mm. And then one of your friends is like, mate, how are you, mate? <laughs> Everything all good, brother? Hey, mate, how about we get a few beers this weekend? <laughs> and you're just like, no, don't yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah. Don't fucking do this, dude. Like, it's, it's one of those. Mm. And then, so then, last night, again, Imogen at the center of this. And... <laughs> <laughs> So she had a friend over and then her her friend, um, great gal, just met her for the first time. And then they're leaving. I think they're going out for dinner or they just got back. They were going out for snacks, I think. They'd gotten back from dinner. Yeah, yeah. So they were leaving the house. And again, once again, I've just walked in. I'll be candid from a very negative gig. <laughs> I, I, I did a gig on Monday at Harpoon Harry's. Um, the King, Kyle Legacy, was blazed out of his mind hosting. <laughs> he did about 25 minutes up top. Of- <laughs> Seen that before. <laughs> I-, I think it's fair to say, and the King himself wouldn't argue with this, he did not get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Dude, Pat Doherty, start- Pat was on. He started his set by threatening to kill himself. Like, he- I go... He comes off, he goes, that was so bad. I go, why did you start with threatening to kill yourself? He's like, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I go, brother, you panicked. He goes, I panicked big time. <laughs> and, mate, I watch it all this unfold. And, mate, this has been me for literally the last six weeks. I swear to God, this is me at least twice a week in Sydney. At a gig that is just an absolute war zone, mm. okay? Blokes are just going down left and right. And here's me... With my fucking sex robot bit. <laughs> just going, fuck me. If I could just get a productive room in front of this thing. I just need like four hot crowds for this sex robot bit. And I'm fucking on, dude. Mm. You know? And then, um, anyway. So, then I'm thinking, 
all right, cool, whatever. I'll just go up and I'm gonna, just going to, just whatever happens. I'm just, mm. I'm not getting off the track. Mm. Okay. I'm just, I went up, did the material, blah, 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 whatever. Did I do well? No. Mm. Okay. But that's fine. Mm. I return home. Luckily now, 10 minute walk. Mm. I come home. I think I'm now in the privacy of my own home where I don't have to worry about the scrutiny mm. of the public. Exactly. Imogen and her friend come downstairs. They're heading out. And Rowan, you stopped them. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the thing. You intercepted them. And you said, oh, hey, guys, don't you just want to check on Billy? He just bombed really bad. He got no laughs at his gig tonight. <laughs> hey, Billy just bombed to 80 people. If you guys want to offer him some advice or some comfort or anything like that, just go ahead. And they both just looked horrified. Dude, Imogen's friend was like, oh, my God, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to come back from gigs now and you'd be like, how was it? I'd be like, it was actually real hot, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, here's the thing is, firstly, I forgot how many people were at that bomb. There was eight, It was packed. <laughs> it was 80 people. 80 staring. people. Packed the fuck out, dude. And, um, and here's the thing, dude. You have now created a culture in this house. We are now a performance-based house. <laughs> That's what you've done. Yeah, yeah. Whoever has bombed the least, mate, has the upper hand constantly. Well, now now you're going to turn us into like 80s stand-up comedians where we're just going to be playing the hits every night, <laughs> too scared to fucking bomb, you know, not trying anything new. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like the fucking Oatly Hotel in our apartment. <laughs> I can bomb with the old stuff as well, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Send me out to the show, mate. I'll fucking... I'll go down. Dude, speaking of the King Kyle legacy, um, I'd like to tell a fantastic Kyle joke. Um, so there was this chick years ago who did comedy and her name is irrelevant to this story. I don't think she even performs anymore, mm. but um, she was awful. And uh, one time she was, um, she bombed real hard at Sweeney's and Kyle was hosting. And then uh, Kyle goes up there and just goes, fucking hell, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> and then she screams at him. She goes, hey, Kyle, fuck off. That was all new stuff. And he goes, oh, yeah, you want to come and do the old? I fucking dare you. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, that's cold, that's cold-blooded, dude. Yeah. Um, but anyway, mate, yeah, so I'm, I'm just saying, so I think just to wrap this up, mm. just put a little bow on this if we could, I would like at least 11 to 13 minutes to decompress post-bomb before it's just whipped around town, you know, yeah. the beacons have been lit, etc. Possibly worse that I was earnest with you for about 10 minutes before they came down. I was like, oh man, that sucks. Don't worry about it. No, no, well, no, that's no. the thing. It was, the, it was the flip. <laughs> I was completely caught off guard. <laughs> so emasculated. Oh, shocking. In front of a pretty architect. Oh my God. It was a, f- yeah. It's a fucking nightmare, to be honest. You ever been, you ever been mugged off in front of a pretty architect in a puffer jacket? In your own home. <laughs> Unexpectedly. Finally trying to unwind after a long day. I mean, many people would argue the bomb would have been mugging enough. <laughs> no, not in my world. No. Here's Rowan O'Neill. But you didn't even fucking gig on Monday night. Yeah, it was excellent, actually. Yeah. Had a really nice night. Yeah, good on you, mate. <laughs> good on you. Um, but, mate, what have you been up to? You've- oh, you've, you've orchestrated the first band of the house. Oh, I forgot. Okay, yeah, I was, I, I couldn't remember what we were gonna um, talk <laughs> a big, about. Big old band. Okay, from, and also a band I agree with. Okay, I've got, I've got so many thoughts and feelings <laughs> on what happened here the other night. Okay, so here's the deal. So Rowan 
allegedly has a podcast. Mate, I'm just trying to interview the fringes of society. And if, unfortunately, interviewing the fringes of society, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see it coming for some reason. I was like, it'll just be like broadcasting with comedians. It's not, mate. It's not like broadcasting with comedians. Yeah, that's the thing, mate. <laughs> I brought a wild garbo into the home and I didn't realize that telling some- He was heaps keen to podcast about garbos and I was heaps keen. We were all keen. Um, uh, to be fair, I've, I don't think I've ever heard a podcast about being a garbage man, an episode. Yeah. Well, I think it would be of interest. It, well, that was my thoughts. Um, if you are completely fine with swearing, that's the first thing you got to get used to. Yep. So, I, I, I was walking I delved down- into- I just started talking like him immediately. Oh, really? <laughs> I couldn't stop. <laughs> Contagious. So, I was walking downstairs. Rowan's bedroom is directly above mine. And I just hear, like, fucking cunt, fuck, yeah, like, like you know, fuck, fuck, cunt, fuck. And I'm like, what the bloody hell? I go, I go, Rowan's gone rogue up there. I go, oh, my God. Billy, can I please borrow your podcasting equipment? And then just two hours later, there's a drunk Garbo in his house just screaming about it's vaccines. So, <laughs> it's so funny because I helped you set it up and you're, like, checking the levels. You're like, does this sound good? I go, mate, it sounds great. And you were so excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I've been trying to... Ra- do you know how hard it is to wrangle a Garbo to get them in a room to podcast? So many of them are just like, too sh- I would love to, but too shy, too shy, too shy. And then I got one that's arrogant enough to, and I forgot to mention, I didn't, re- I, uh, my bad, I forgot to mention, don't have 12 beers before you come. He, he went to the pub for four hours before he got to our place. And then during the podcast, drank a long neck and a Jack Daniels. Yep. And- then at the end was like, mate, I can keep going. I was like, I can't, brother. I really can't. Mate, you know when people- Mate, firstly, yeah, house band. First house band. <laughs> we used to hand these out at the old lad pad. I remember one time um, one of the inaugural house bands was- There was three girls over at our place for kick-ons. And one of the lads like sent them all home in an Uber because he like slept with his girl upstairs and then- me and Macca were talking to the other two downstairs. And then he was like, right, girls, I've got Kate and Uber. If you want to jump in, it's out the front. And like got rid of our girls. Oh, my God. Mate, honestly, it makes me fucking... My blood's boiling right now just thinking oh, about it. That's so cruel. And then he walked them out to the Uber. When he walked back to the house, we locked the door. We said, get the fuck out. Fair enough. House banned for life. Also, oh, my God. What, just two lonely boys trying to connect? I mean, sorry we don't all work at the fucking speed of light, mate, okay? (laughs) I'm trying to learn about Jessica's degree, you piece of shit. She's becoming a beautician. I'm inspired. (laughs) I'm asking her about different types of nails. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I was thinking about the other day, a lady that is involved in stand-up was, mate, is there a... a clearer sign that someone's had a rough life than they're in their 40s doing beautician stuff at TAFE. That's a rough life. Oh, that's, well, that's, well, mate, I wouldn't want to comment on the beautician industry. Mate, as a young lady, completely normal. You get in there at 52, that's you've had a rough one. Well, if you're going to be a beautician, you need the dexterity of a young woman. Mm. Um, but anyway, let's... Oh, yeah, so this garbage bloke. Mate, ironic he worked in the garbage industry, if you know what I mean. This guy's okay. a real real piece of trash himself. But, dude, this guy, mate, he told a story that I felt was so... <laughs> that was the worst behavior I've ever seen. From I didn't him. like this story. And I've seen him watch porn in garbage trucks. Oh, really? Oh, big time. 
Okay. <laughs> this guy, dude. Also, so he, like he's blind. He's yep. blind. I think it was a Thursday night. I was gonna. It's I was Thursday. going to host a gig. So I'm sitting there like eating dinner. I'm off to host like a gig. <laughs> like I'm working. And this guy is just blind, like hitting this weed vape, just going, this will fuck you up. And then he goes, I think you guys were talking about like- Oh, he's talking about stealing. Stealing from Woolies. And the boy's like, yeah, you should take the odd steak or whatever back in the day. And this guy goes, oh, we just took a whole trolley once. We just walked out the front with it. I go, you took a whole trolley worth of stuff out the front of Woolies. No one said anything. He goes, nah. He goes, the security guard chased after us. But my mate turned around and said, mate, if you come any closer- I'm going to stab you with a HIV-infected needle. <laughs> and then he's... But honestly, mate, nicest guy in the world. Nicest oh, guy in the God. world. Oh, my God. Cunts always say this. He goes, mate, and this is my mate, right? He'd be flat out having a beer. <laughs> mate, on, doesn't touch drugs, mate. Barely drinks. And he's fucking done that, mate. He's fucking done that. <laughs> and this guy, this guy's just in our home. Like, I can't believe we weren't robbed. Um, Mate, you weren't even there for... He was in the street on Surrey Hills yelling about trans people in sports. I was like, bro, you shut the fuck up. Oh, he had a rant about that in the kitchen as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Agent of fucking chaos. I let loose in the inner city. <laughs> also, the thing that he was saying about trans women in sport, which is, um, he goes, he goes, mate, imagine if uh, your daughter was playing and she gets her ACL snapped in half by a trans woman. And I was like... I don't like a knee ligament injury. I don't know. This is the stupidest example. Like, it was like, I actually like agree with this guy on some of this shit. Like, I don't think trans women should be fighting the UFC. He's like, mate, what if she rolls her ankle? I'm like, do you even understand like anything? Like, dude, he had one of the best quotes at the pub. God bless his soul. God bless his crack soul. Billy doesn't agree with that, but um, I've known him for a long time. And he, he's like, yeah, I've been getting into a few blues down in, um, Melbourne actually and I'm like mate why are you fucking doing that you shouldn't be fighting people um, and he's like honestly mate they deserved it and I'm like well what did they do and then best line ever after they deserved it mate all I can remember <laughs> all I can remember mate you are- okay mate there we go Good. we're off to a good start all I can remember these 19 year olds are like great great fucking hell and then also, mate, classic cracked bloke. Where cracked blokes do this shit, mate. They're so emotional. Mm. Like he's like, um, he's like, oh yeah, mate. I just got a beer with Jamo the other day, mate. Honestly, with what that cunt's been through, mate. Fuck, <laughs> fucking hell, mate. His ho- his home life is horrific, mate. <laughs> and it's like, mate, like you're like so rude, or you open up emotionally massive. Like just mm. find a middle ground. Well, just like be. Normal socially is all I'd ask. Mate, if Get Around Me ever gets a Patreon, that Garbage Man episode has got to go on there. <laughs> yeah, I'll listen back to it soon. I'll, um, mate, might have to go in the editing suite for that one. Hit the ones and twos. <laughs> also, then we're just like naming people that still work in the garbage business. We're like, fuck. Oh my God. Like, don't name anyone at the start. And then I'm like, yeah, big friend, you know. <laughs> it's just like names, names, names. Jesus Christ, dude. But yeah, first house ban. Yeah, fair enough. Also, the worst part about that guy is, all right, I'm, I'm in for just being a fucking rough cunt from from whatever, you know, I assume something horrific happened to him. I understand that some people are just idiots and pieces of shit. 
Dude, this guy grew up in like a super rich neighborhood in Mossman. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, sure he's a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So much richer than either of us. Like, oh my by god. So much. <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah, it's um it's it's very me, me Mark is in the pub being like, mate, you're you're switching between British like ghetto and indigenous slang right now. This oh, yeah. is culturally a mess. He was doing a lot of slang, yeah. Yeah, a lot of ting. Ting. <laughs> well, the ting is bro. I'm like, all right, mate. All right, mate. The thing with him as well was um, it was one of those things where I go, I'm pretty sure this guy's because you were like, oh, he's a good bloke, mate of mine from the Garbos. And then I'm around him for like five minutes. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this guy's like a raging piece of shit. <laughs> but then I was just making my dinner. And then Marky came back from the shower and he just like shot me a look. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I actually first met him because him he, um, him and my mate rocked up to uni on the first day on the wrong day at the class. And we're like, oh, fuck. We both fucked up. Do you want to go smoke cones? And then they just became mates. Yeah, nice. During his mate, during his weed years, much chiller guy. He just gets stoned and freestyle rap. Nice, I love that for him. What a treat! But unfortunately, he's put on a new mask, which yeah. is a hell of a lot etcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's probably a face tattoo in his future. Although he said he would never get one. Never get them, mate. Never get them, mate. My mom told me I was out of the wheel, mate. I'll do whatever my mom... Mate, everyone's always got... Everyone that's etching out constantly always has one person that they like swear allegiance to. Yeah. My fucking nan. <laughs> if you ever say a fucking thing about my nan, you're like, mate, no one's talking about anyone's <laughs> nan. No one is talking about anyone's nan, please. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, that guy's no good. But anyway. Oh, well, mate, what's been going on? You been in the pool, mate? Oh, true. I have been in the pool, mate. There's been a bit of a disaster there. Not a disaster, but n- not my best session the other day. Like your performance-wise, mate? Because if I heard you've been swimming slowly, mate, I'll, I'll be texting that straight to Imogen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get around, Rowan. Just had a crap session in the pool. Mate, I put on Speedos that... um, I just had a bunch of them, old ones, and turns out they just... They didn't fit. They were too big. They were too, too large. So I'd start swimming and... Wait, did you lose weight? I think a speedo of my dad's has slipped into my rotation. Oh, wow. Which is disgusting on so many levels. Yeah, I'm not enjoying that at all. Mm. I don't know how it got there. I, it could be That's mine. That's an OnlyFans I would not subscribe to. Yeah, or it could be mine from just very old, but they started rolling down oh, in no. the pool. So then I was just like having to... Con- I had to swim slowly for one. And then I had to change my stroke and go breaststroke to keep them on. And then at a certain point, you're just high in a pool trying to keep your speedos on. Oh, you were high as well. I was a little high and it was not a good vibe. And then you just like, I was trying to keep my ass low so it like wouldn't rise to the top. Have and we got a drawstring available to us? Yeah, but then it wasn't doing anything. Nothing. I'm rail thin, mate. See, I'm looking at you and I'm trying to wrap my head around this story. <laughs> There's, I got, and then I just got out of the pool, put my towel around me, took the Speedos off and in front of everyone, walked over to the bin and just threw them in. It was like, this will not fucking happen again. Nice. <laughs> this will not happen. I was just looking at cunts behind me being like, is, does he fucking work out what's going on right now? Mate, here's the thing is you don't want to get a reputation at the pool. Dude, it's a sex crime. <laughs> it's, I, I was just swimming being like, I'm, this, if this continues i will i could be charged yeah that's tough 
It's not a way to exercise. What do you think's a bigger crime? Speedos that are too big or speedos that are too small? Mate. Because some of my lads out there, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. This, this I will take too small next time for sure. Yeah. I can't do it. I It gives me so much just peace that I threw them straight in the bin that I never again have to put on speedos and be like, are these the, the wretched pair? Yeah. I threw a pair of socks out the other day. It's good. It feels good. Oh, yeah. I love throwing stuff out. Yeah, me. T- I've got a car full of fucking shit right now. I had to. G- I went back to my parents again today. Again, the house is officially cleared. Oh right. Not having storage at your parents' house or storage anywhere, mate. It's a hard life. Yeah, I've, it's tough. I've I got can't... a full row of seats from that I took out of my car. Now they're just like in my car at a different angle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot your car has no seats. So basically, Rowan drives a. What is it, a troopy or? Oh, it's an old Prado. But it, yeah, it's like a ute, basically. He took all the seats out so he can pretend he has a ute. <laughs> Dude, it's so annoying. With I was behind her like a rich guy's ute at the petrol station the other day. And I look in, cleanest tray in the world. Guy clearly doesn't work in the trade industry at all. There's The only thing that in there is a, is a private school, high school backpack. There's a Skeggs backpack in there. Oh. And I was like, all right, sick. And then I look in the back of my, <laughs> my car and there's just bags of concrete <laughs> and buckets of fucking shit. And I'm like, dude, please. <laughs> just buy a ute, brother. If anyone would like to give me 18 grand. Yeah, utes are expensive. Mate, I'll say this about... um, What were you just saying? The Prado and then the... Oh, the seats. Oh, yeah. Speaking of storing stuff at your parents' place. Mate, see, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I've still got the, the parents' place there. Like, the other day, I just went past and dropped off a full recliner couch. <laughs> and my mum's like, what's this doing here? And I was like, well, just give me a fucking second to work it out. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, Billy, what is it? Like, it's just on the front porch. Mm. There's no room in the garage for it. <laughs> mum's like, Billy, when is this reclining couch getting taken care of? I go, oh my God, <laughs> just give me a couple of days. It's been like three weeks. <laughs> she, my- she brought it up on Mother's Day. I was like, do you really want to ruin your day? <laughs> <laughs> when my parents came here and just dropped off a bunch of shit on our balcony. Oh, yeah. That's still there. One of them, it's just all clearly rubbish. It could not have been. There was a box of miscellaneous hard rubbish that your parents dropped <laughs> yeah. off. And on top is a small Tupperware container that has nothing, a small clear Tupperware container that has nothing but half a ciggy and a cone piece in it. And it's like, was this necessary? Were you like, we've got to go to Surrey Hills and drop off Rowan's old cone piece. It's like, give me a break. I'm trying to unshackle myself from that life. I love it. your dad walked through the house with a dead plant in either arm. And he goes, I know what you're thinking, lads, but these things will kick. <laughs> They'll take, mate. They'll take. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. I love all the plants, though, that you brought in. Yeah, that has been sick. But fuck. And then I they, I went there the other day and they're like, everything in that cupboard up there, it's got to go, mate. It's got to go. I'm like, I told you guys when you had council cleanup, can you put that stuff um, on with the council cleanup? I don't want it. And I'm like, mum, you said. And she's like, Rowan. We were too busy. We were too... There wasn't time. I'm like, what do you mean there wasn't time? You like, was the garbage truck rolling down the street at the time? What do you mean? You, have a, you, you were doing it days in advance. What do you mean? And then I've just got all this rubbish in my car. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Mate, no respect. No respect, mate. But uh, what was, what was I going to say? Oh, speaking of no respect, do you want to talk about these chick boxes? Oh, that is good. Have you got it up? 
Yeah, I'll get it up, dude. That was that was like one of those laughs where I just immediately was crying. So this is exciting on a couple of fronts. Rowan has brought an a an idea to the podcast or a subject. This is not something we see a lot, unless an incident happens at the pool, which you know this week we we got the best of both worlds from the great man. But mate, I ju- I just need to read it. I just love the sentences so much. So you you get it up. I'll give you a bit of context. So this is. Former rugby league wags and turned boxers, which there is a few of these. It's um, a beautiful thing. Mate, honestly, the genders have become equal. Dude, um, there's mate, women's sport is cranking. They just sold a women's FA Cup, 77,000 people attending. That's sick. Um, Katie Taylor in the boxing in Ireland, she just sold out an arena in like five minutes. She, she's fighting, Really? She's fighting this weekend. They were going to book her the stadium, which is like 50,000, but it cost too much money. Oh, really? Yeah, because of like noise restrictions and stuff. But anyway, mate, give, give Contra- us some context on this. This is unbelievable. Controversial ex-wag Arabella de Bulso shoves her opponent by the neck in a filthy blow-up. Oh, my God. As another man steps in to usher the riled-up kimchi away, who flips two middle fingers at Del Bulso, the Australian yells one more filthy insult at the woman who she calls a fuckhead before the video ends. Here's what she's unfolding before them. Kimchi can be heard shouting, that's what I thought, little bitch, and tries to push through two security guards to get back at the Australian. She then hurls a retort, you don't think I like getting choked in the throat, bitch? I take dick. Whoa. Wow. That's sport. Dude, that is sport. And that's that's um that's the fight game. Dude, that's us. Dude, I love... <laughs> so, who's... Is he... De, De Bella Rossa, the Australian? Yeah. And then the other chick's not Australian. Yeah. Yeah, right. I love um, threats. Do you know what that is? That is like, uh, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. And it's like, <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I love it when people get so angry, they just like lose it. I love, like it's athletes like absolutely losing it. Um, but in the video, it still has like... The vibe of a girl, like you know, when you see like a video of like a, a girl fighting out, two girls fighting outside of like a Hungry Jacks. Yeah, it yeah. still has that. Everyone in the things like mm, bitches. Like, yeah, it still has that around it. There's definitely something a bit more um, like everyone's uh, just being like more catfired. Sc- yeah, it's <laughs> a bit more scrappy when chicks throw hands. Oh, it's it's like, did anyone sanction this, or do these chicks just have a beef? That that is some internet videos that I can't women. Going for earrings in scrappy Ooh. Facebook fights, I can't do it. But also, dude, these this these chicks, there there is a market for these like OnlyFans fighter chicks now. A lot of chicks are sort are pretty fucking hot and pretty good at fighting, mm. but not exceptional at either. Mm. But if you bring those together, that's a great little because the fighting gets the board. You get a few fight fans, mm. and then you say, lads, what about this? A few fucking topless pics behind this paywall. <laughs> fucking come on, you know. It's that- it's a it's a bloody bait and switch. Circular economy, I think it's called. Made a hundred percent. But saying like <laughs> I mean, some chicks like just do some rancid stuff in the fight game. Mm. And um and it's it's good marketing. It is good marketing. I mean, how do we now know about this fight? Mate, just yelling, you think I don't like getting choked? I fucking eat dick, bitch. <laughs> Off the top of the dome. Dude, I love it. In a fight. That's good stuff. And then the other chick, I mean, she didn't have anything to say, did she? No, no. Because then is she going to be like, I take dick too? Then it's like, what are we doing here, ladies? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love the idea of a woman in like a professional fight going like, 
like you're a great fighter, but you can't take dick like me. <laughs> Someone screaming how proud they are of taking dick. It's like, <laughs> fucking, I've, I've been banged by so many more guys than you. <laughs> like, I think you guys might be taking all the worst parts of male culture. <laughs> Let's take all the shittest stuff. They just they took the misogyny out of male fight culture <laughs> somehow. Dude, that's unbelievable. I love um. I love like press conferences and shit gone wrong because you could just tell like fighters can't get the the cogs going quick enough. Mm. They always just say like the most uncomfortable shit. Like, and sometimes someone will just panic and be like, "I'm gonna fucking eat your family and burn their house <laughs> <Yeah>. down." <laughs> Which honestly, sometimes as a man that speaks into a microphone a few nights a week, I kind of get it, dude. I mean, we've all done it. Someone, someone, you, someone gets you good. You know what? Um. Someone got me recently, mate. If a wait, what? Why were you talking to the crowd, mate? My beautiful oh, boy a, Rowan O'Neill was off the rip. Oh, a British woman was sexualizing me. Oh, they'll and do that, mate. They'll fucking do that. Um, and I, it's like one of the one things that is like, I don't want to be cruel to you right now because it, like, I don't know. It seems I don't. It's a hard one to come back at, where it's just go, just to be like. Fuck off. Like, it's hard. I don't what, know. What did she say? It was something about going home with me. I was talking about going home afterwards. Wait, so, mate, it sounds like this chick yelled out that she wanted to fuck you. Yeah, basically. Mate, we are not getting the same heckles. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I ever tell you? You know how I went to that woman's apartment. Um, Remember that chick, that, that British woman that briefly rang gigs and she tricked me into going to a house show oh, and then there was no one else there. She ran the hostel gigs. Oh, yeah, some shit. Yeah. But I didn't get to go to the hostel gigs. I went to her birthday party um, and then apparently it was a house show then I was the only one there and then there was no microphone and then I was just standing in front of a bunch of people with no microphone and she handed me the money in front of everyone. Um, Were you the only comedian on? Only comedian. Whoa. And I'm in an apartment in Alexandria, which is- No, Zetland, sorry. An even bigger shithole. Fuck Zetland. Zetland isn't part of Sydney. Zetland's like a fake suburb. It looks like fucking- It looks like uh, the cat in the hat over there. In Everything's the opinion, same. In my opinion, it's part of Canberra. I don't know what went wrong there. Oh my- It's fucking deplorable. Yeah. Um, I'm in an apartment in Zetland, and she gives me the money, and then I- Then she goes- And then- she starts heckling me, and then her other like drunk British girlfriends. It's her birthday, apparently. Start heckling me, and I'm like, "You fucking book!" Me. And they, then she yells, "We didn't um book you because um you're funny. We booked you because you're hot." No, so she immediately yelled, "Get your dick out!" That's what started it. Okay, mate. British women sexualizing in such a way that makes you feel so uncomfortable. That sounds horrible. But also, mate, she was messaging everyone to do her gigs. She must have messaged me like 15 times. I know. It's because I'd, I'd stopped drinking for a month. So I was just full of energy. You had I, too much energy. Well, it was a Saturday night and I had no gig and I wasn't drinking. Yeah, right. Okay. So she got me. It was the stars aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you, do you hang around at the party? So you're doing this sober as well. This sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, it was horrific. Did, um, did you I, hang around or? I smoked cigarettes on the balcony with like two guys a lot beforehand being like, what the fuck, guys? What the fuck's going on? And they're like, yeah, we don't know her. And I was like, dude. See, here's the thing is, 
I, I, if I'm not drinking for a couple of weeks, if, if I get thrown into like a situation, I will just have a beer. Mm. Like that would just push me over the edge. Yeah, I didn't even make it. Like I didn't drive home. I drove to someone's house in the city. <laughs> Like, just chilled there for a while before I was like, I'm ready to hit the Harbour Bridge. Jesus Christ, dude. And you know what you should have said when she was said, get your dick out? You should have said, you think I can't take dick? (laughs) That's what you should have said. Also, when I walked out of there, I was like, I should have just got my dick out. Yeah, but here's the thing, mate. That's such a fucking big swing. I know. Have you done an opening joke yet? You know the old showbiz trick, mate? Never get your dick out before your opening joke. I think I, <laughs> I, 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 I had done an opening joke. Okay. I had done I mean, if you've, if you've got the room and you feel like it's the play. Mate, I think it would have been the only time in my life where it would have been the play. And I and I squandered it. Yeah, Jesus. Dude, but, it's, um, it's like um that bloke who ran that magic club. Um, what did the lads <laughs> say? <laughs> so, there used to be a guy who ran this magic club and they did comedy. Bring back the magic club. It's it was still awesome. There. It, yeah, it's still there. Go check it out. It's in Darlinghurst. The guy who runs it's a wild man. One of the lads said he walked in there heaps early for a gig and he reckons he was knocking over a bird <laughs> out, the, out the back. I, st- I like bent over laughing when I first went into that green room because it's like kind of like it's just like a garage door from the other side. You can see like it's a garage door and then this little like just storage space and then there's just this tiny cage full of doves shitting on each other and there's just dove shit everywhere. And, you and really saw the cost of being a magician. And he's like, please don't touch any of my props. Like yeah. there's so- like there's the thing to saw a lady in half. There's doves. There's like um all sorts of shit. I'm bu- like, yeah, no worries, man. I won't touch anything. As soon as he leaves, I'm like taking photos with swords. <laughs> There's a bunch of weird boxes made out of fucking marine ply. And he's like, this is actually worth 20K, guys. Yeah. Some people in the scene didn't like him, mainly due to his misogyny. But I thought he was one of the funniest men. Was, was he a misogynist? Oh, he'd, he'd, he'd always talk kind of blue and be like, sorry, girls, you don't mind if I um if I let loose, if I talk a little blue around you guys, you don't mind. And they're like, yeah, well, obviously, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, right. Um Mate, I felt like a- the hygiene of the venue was way more offensive than anything he ever said. Oh, yeah. It was kitchen nightmares back there. It really was. He was just cooking up like Greek lamb kebabs in thongs. Yeah. And charging people like $37 for them. <laughs> Smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes in the kitchen while he cooked. Mate, have some bruschetta. I made it myself. Have some bruschetta. Mate, honestly, I'm telling you this. I do a lot of leb weddings. They marry their cousins, mate. They marry their cousins. And I'm going, there's no way that's true, mate. He's like, I do a lot of lab weddings, mate. They marry their cousins. There's no joking around here, mate. No joking around. Do you know what he said to me the other day? Oh, no, not the other day. One time. The gig hasn't run in like a year. He goes, he goes, yeah, um, magic show's been going pretty good on the weekends. He goes, fucking hell, though. Mate, the RSPCA are on me again. <laughs> One time Tom entered and he just smoked, he'd smoked cigarettes inside the entire time. And he's just smoking a cigarette and he goes, and he goes, how you going, mate? And he goes, my rabbit died. Then <laughs> he looked up and he goes, this place is supposed to be a place of laughter and joy. <laughs> Well, he reckons the RSPCA came to one of his magic shows to protest how he was treating the animals. He said he was halfway through a show and some chick with a fridge was like, free the doves. Dude, I have so much love for that guy. I hope... Well, he must own it outright, that place, because it's still there. Oh, my God. Dude, in the men's bathroom, just a hole in the wall, you can see the street. (laughs) Dude, I was was actually going for dinner with my family in that area, and I I got so G'd up when I was on the street. 
I was like, fucking hell, I gotta go check it out. Holy shit. I miss that place so much. And I walk over there, the doors are closed and there's just two people outside being like, oh, I've got tickets for a show here. Do you know when it opens? I was like, mate, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you could have lost money. It could be half an hour. I have no idea. Dude, I loved it because he would let you smoke cigarettes inside in I the know. green room. So good. And like, I would have a cigarette like in the green room before I'm going on, like having a glass of red. He would charge you for the red, which I <laughs> yeah, wasn't stoked about. I've had a couple of $11 Heineken today. Yeah, that was expensive. <laughs> um, so you'd have a $12 glass of red and a cigarette. And and then the room was good as well. I had a lot of fun gigs there. Yeah, the gigs were fun. Yeah, they were really fun. And I was like, man, this is so cool. But dude, I remember one time, um, like, uh, I was going to say I headlined, but I don't think I ever did headline there. But I had a, I did, it was a weird setup with the Wednesday night show. Like sometimes you'd be doing the middle slot and doing like 25 minutes or something. Mm. So anyway, I did like 20 minutes. I had a great show. And then afterwards, a couple of girls from the show came up to me and they were like, oh, like good stuff. Like, what are you doing? You hang around for a drink. And I was like, yeah, I'll hang around for one. And then the the magic guy joins us as well. Mm. And like we're in the bar. It was like a cool like cabaret bar. Mm. And it was like a separate bar area. And like we're smoking cigarettes. And dude, honestly- this guy, holy shit, he had such game. Really? <laughs> Honest, the chicks were frothing, dude. Really? Yeah, like he was just so charismatic and like, man, I barely got a word in. I was listening to him as well. He's just telling these crazy magic stories. Like, mm. man, it was unbelievable. Yeah, he was a charismatic guy. God bless, mate. Dude, God bless. Like, mate, it- the live entertainment industry needs more just kind of intense wog magicians. I reckon uh- at least times how many wog magicians we have in this country by, I don't know. 40, 50? Um, mate, I'm glad someone's finally talking about the shortage of WOG magicians in this country. I'm, I'm going to get him to play my wedding. Dude, I was going to bring that up, actually. Why are, why are blokes having magic at their weddings? Why are people having anything outside of, of, of a band at their wedding? <laughs> I don't know, dude. dude. Some stand-up comedians have performed at weddings before. Mm. What? I know. Gross. It's so not the occasion. What? Like, either the best man kills or fucking forget about it. Mm. Or the maid of honor, you know? Or you got the two dads. People are talking already. Mm. It's about the people who are there. Mate, I'd rather hear a best man speech over just some stand-up. Of course. Dude, no one is invested in me being like, well, fucking drive-thru is a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm single, lol. Like, (laughs) what? Dude, I don't want to hear someone like just jokes about... I want to hear... About Jammo, it is it is worst. I know, I know. It's insane. It's crazy. But to have the Wog Magician at my wedding, what a treat. I tell you what, I'd love to just have a Wog Magician. No, I'm not going to say a Wog Magician. The Wog the Magician. The Wog Magician. The Wog Magician. Sydney's Wog Magician. To be honest, I'll say this. I won't have it at my wedding. I don't think magic has a place at weddings. I will say, though, my engagement party, I'll set him up in the corner. Yeah. Fucking oath. I'll go, mate, here's your money for the gig. Um, if you want a Heineken or anything like that, that'll be $11. <laughs> the, 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 the drinks aren't for you, but you can smoke inside. Yeah. I'll give him the same rules. I mean, I hope the venue's still going, to be honest. It's a beautiful space. Yeah. he Well, for it to even be surviving when it was, he must own it outright or something. I mean, shit. to have a genuine... I think it's one of those deals where he signed the lease like 35 years ago mm. and he's still got on some crazy... Yeah. Probably is like his, his brother owns the building or something like... Got to be one of those. 
when he wasn't being charismatic around you, he was one of the dudes that was just on the phone constantly arguing with someone. Yeah. Either his new girlfriend or his ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. Was raking him over the coals at any point. I mean, the guy was ballsy as fuck. He ran a club, an entertainment club, uh, that had magic, cabaret, and stand-up comedy. It's like, mate, Australians hate all of this shit. <laughs> yes, not, so not one of these things is popular. For fuck's sake, have some come with a guitar in here on a Tuesday or something. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. No. I mean, talk about doing business on difficult mode. <laughs> or when in one time was like, how you been, mate? And he's like, I can't. I can't keep doing these Saturday magic shows, mate. These cabaret magic shows. These hands parties. They're so mean. <laughs> I, just I love to imagine every Saturday night, I get a little feeling in my stomach where it's like, mm, someone's been a hen's nights abusing him in the same way that they sometimes abuse me. Beautiful. All right, mate. It's probably enough podcasting for one day. Yeah, mate. It's time to hit the pool. Are you going to go do some laps? Yeah, mate. I'm back. Yeah, nice. Um, cool, cool, cool. All right. Latest dogs. Rock and roll.